Hello, welcome to Vision of Zion. This is episode one. My name is Craig Perry, and I'm going to try and start this podcast. I've never done one before, although I've you know been following podcasts and watching these kinds of things for many, many years. Uh, back in the mid-2000s, I think is when I started to watch podcasts for you know technology and other types of things. But <clears throat> for quite a while, I've been wanting to uh, say things that are in my heart and mind and soul and this is my first uh, time doing that. So by way of background, uh, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I've been a member since I was a, a young. Uh, the youngest you can be to be baptized in the church is uh, eight years old and I was baptized at eight years old. <clears throat> my parents were uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ. I'll call it that for short. Uh, and uh, so I've been uh, involved in the church my whole life. I remain involved, or as we like to say, active in the church. And uh, so I've also served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, I served my mission in Rome, Italy, and I've been back for many years, but that was a wonderful experience. So even though I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, the things I'm going to talk about are not official positions of the church. These are things that I believe and that I've gleaned, let's say. Uh, the main focus of my podcast is going to be about the end times, the last days. And I'm going to be doing several different types of things. Uh, the number one thing I want to do is talk about the scriptures. And I want to make it clear that the main touchstone that I will be relying upon for my comments is the Bible, uh, primarily the King James Version, although I do want to talk about different versions of the Bible and how they can be helpful in understanding and getting, getting through and breaking down some of the archaic language of the uh, King James Version. But primarily King James Version is what I'll be using. And then... Uh, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, we also have other views, inspired views, about interpretations of the Bible that have occurred over time. I'm going to talk a lot more about this, but we also, I'm going to refer to another book of scripture called the Book of Mormon. That's where we got our nickname, is our belief in that book uh, as a book of scripture, as well as revelations that the uh, original prophet of our church let's say call him the founding prophet, uh, Joseph Smith Jr., received when he was alive on the earth until June 27th of 1844. So roughly covered about, uh, as the church, 14-year period. And most of the uh, inspired writings, or what we'll call scripture, new scripture, and again, I'll talk about that too, they came through Joseph Smith Jr., the found the founder, founding prophet of our church. So again, my my views here that I'm expressing are my own personal views. I'm not an official representative of the church, first and foremost. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe there's been some 
mistranslation over the years and there's some clarifications that can be had but mainly what I have found in the uh, what we'll call the scriptures of the Church of Jesus Christ after the Bible printed at, or published after the Bible they tend to be interpretive of the of the Bible that's what I find I find a lot of the original source material in our what we'll call modern-day scripture have their roots in the Bible they tend to explain expound and clarify what is in the Bible another way that we like to say it is that the fullness of the gospel has been restored and that's a whole other topic I, I'm going to talk about what is fullness of the gospel are we really there yet are we at the beginning of it uh, another topic but most of the things that I'm going to talk about deal with the end times and the scriptures and how what they say about that uh, some people who like to talk about the end times as members of our church will refer to comments made by present-day authorities of the church or leaders which we like to call general authorities for the general church as opposed to and to be distinguished from local leaders and these general authorities uh, give very important and inspired talks we meet most of us remotely and hear counsel from these general authorities every six months in April and October of every year and that goes now for a couple of days and they speak uh, about 12 hours of material we get new or things reemphasized every every uh, I guess semi semi-annually but I'm not going to focus as much on those statements. Uh, I'm going to try and focus on the scriptural content of the Bible and then scriptures that interpret that. And, and I might refer or dip into a little bit of modern uh, commentary by modern day leaders. <clears throat> but that can be had elsewhere. Um, I'm going to express, you know, views. I've, I've developed a lot of views over my life about what things mean. I'm also very flexible to accept new information. If it's a better or more accurate interpretation, I will be very clear that there are a lot of things that I don't know or understand. But there are a few things that I do understand as well or could raise issues. Now, as far as the, as far as the format is going to be moving forward, I'm going to start by doing most of the talking myself but I would like to bring on guests and people who can participate and be interviewed about some of these topics. I have friends that I've met over the years that I think you'd find to be very interesting interviewees uh, on various topics of the gospel and in the end times. I'm also going to be uh, analyzing uh, talks which I have felt and found to be very uh, powerful with relationship to the last days, the end times, the political structure that we're going through, <clears throat> worldwide events that we see rapidly changing in our current day and age. Uh, I'm doing this particular podcast on July the 8th of 2022. I think it's important to state the date so you can know and, and think about the timing on that. I was closely watching and have been watching the end time signs for many years. 
I have written on it privately and I have a lot of material I think that you'd find very interesting. And frankly, if the things that I was thinking about had been, you know, taught, let's say, or was being discussed, I probably wouldn't do this because I don't really want to repeat what other people are saying. I'm also going to critique uh, comments made about the last days and comment on those things uh, as people have tried to put together the events. Here's what I have found. I have found that the evangelicals uh, branch of Christianity has, has focused the most on end time prophecy. I don't see Catholics doing that as much. My church used to do it a lot, but I believe that much of the commentary has been scaled back compared to days past. And that's partly because when our church was founded in the 1830s, millennialism, or the belief that Christ's return was imminent, was a very big topic among a number of religions. Seventh-day Adventists, for example, uh, later on Jehovah Witnesses. And I don't claim to know all of the movements, but I know that there was a period of time in books that I've read, and I can talk to about, talk about those books with you, who really focused on end times in the 1800s. And that kind of, uh, I think that kind of trickled, uh, slowly trickled down to what we have today. But with all the events occurring now, and this happens a lot, we start to see more talk about it when we have kind of this period of rapid change. I remember that the second coming of Jesus Christ was a big topic when I was in my teens in the 1970s, uh, within my own church anyway. And we know there was a lot of change in the late 60s and the 70s that were prompting people to be concerned and think that, you know, we're, in, we're due for major end time shifting and I believe that some of that did occur. I'm not saying it didn't occur, but obviously the second coming is yet to occur. So uh, I do believe that we are in the end times. I believe that the prophecies are pointing to this time. There are major prophecies that have been fulfilled or are being fulfilled. Probably the best example, which nobody could have predicted until it happened actually, was the return of uh, the Jews to their original homeland, Israel, or uh, as others would like to refer to as Palestine. And that remarkable event is clearly set forth in the Old Testament that that would occur. And it occurred, it occurred very quickly, really, when you look back on it. So that is a major event, and now we're 70 years into that event. So... Uh, that's just one of the major ones. But there are many other things that are discussed in Matthew 24 that are yet to be fulfilled or are being fulfilled. And one of the things I would like to do too is I'd like to just, uh, talk to, well, let me just say this. Who's my audience? Who am I trying to reach? Well, first of all, obviously, many of the things I'm going to talk about are going to be for members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. And... I'm going to challenge some of their conventional thinking. I think it's a health, healthy 
to look at different perspectives, especially if the pieces don't exactly fit the way that you think they should fit and, and you're wondering why they don't fit. Um, so I'm going to be addressing some of my conclusions or some of my uh, thoughts on topics related to how we view the last days and the role of the church, the kingdom of God, how those two interrelate. Are they one and the same? Are they different? And the scriptural foundations for those kinds of things. So I do want to talk, and I also want to talk to members of my church about um, comments made by other members like myself, which we would call ourselves lay members. We're not clergy. We're just lay members of the church, hopefully well-informed, and many are well-informed, and trying to extrapolate or draw conclusions from events of the last, especially six or seven years. So I want to address some of those things. But I also want to talk to uh, my fellow Christians uh, who, I mean, many people don't understand or, or recognize the fact that we are a Christian church. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ. We believe in the resurrection. But I would like to <clears throat> offer whether you think that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God as we believe or maybe just a inspired man who had insights. I think it is worth it for you to investigate and hear some of the things that he taught and some of the things that he did and see if they provide any clarity to your existing views. I believe that you will find that they will help. And I can tell you that as I have studied, let's say, for example, the book of Revelation, uh, there are hours and hours of material that's been, that's been prepared by uh, many other Christians, evangelical and otherwise, from which I have drawn a lot of clarity and appreciation for the depth of material in the Bible, particularly the book of Revelation. So <clears throat> I hope you'll tune in and tune in with an open mind and heart. And this is a good place to say that the most important thing that I can say is that following the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is the most important guide to our salvation, to our understanding of the scriptures, and in my opinion should take preeminence over every other consideration. If we know the voice of the Lord, if the voice of the Lord is speaking to us, and we have a certainty of that, then that is what we should follow. And if we do, things are going to turn out fine in our lives uh, as they were intended to. Um, so follow the Spirit. And closely related to that is that truth matters. And what I mean by that is that means I believe there is a thing called truth. I don't believe that it's completely or entirely or it isn't subjective. Either, you know, truth is truth and truth matters. And I'm very concerned that in our efforts to find the truth that we are having people canceled and shunned and stopped because what they're saying does not comport to conventional wisdom, institutional 
views or wisdom, we should be able to talk about the truth or we should be able to have an honest examination of what the truth is and not quiet that process down. Now, my background is I went to law school. I'm a practicing attorney now for over 30 years. And rarely in a court of law does one side hold all the cards of truth. We're trying to arrive at the truth. Both sides are presenting information. And the judge and a jury are the ones who are weighing that information to try and come up with the best solution. So it's a wonderful system, really, that I wish more of our people would appreciate. But that process, uh, uh, we call a Socratic method in law school that we're discussing issues and discussing. This is evaporating before our very eyes. And I'm very, very concerned about people being labeled with disinformation or misinformation or a label being slapped on them as the kind of person they are so that we can be dismissive of their views. Today, in my opinion, you will rarely find a debate or discussion between two people holding passionate views on a topic. Pick the topic where they both will bring in people from both sides to express those views. This is a shame because it's by having point, different points of view that we can evaluate each and every one of them and look at this from all different sides and try and come up with some answers. Uh, the truth matters. How we arrive at the truth and the process of investigating the truth is not a one-sided process. Now, I'm going to talk in one of my episodes about a very important difference between two types of reasoning, inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning. I'm going to try and lay some foundational planks, if you will, about thinking through issues. And there's a term called critical thinking, which I love that term because we have to think critically. We have to think logically. But at the same time, as important as reason is, having the Holy Ghost with us and being prayerful is extremely important as well. If you only follow feelings, that can lead to problems potentially because many of us don't have a perfect understanding of how the Holy Ghost works and we're still trying to learn it. When is it speaking to us? When is it our own inner voice? And so we need, you know, to recognize that and be honest about it. And then on the other side, we have this side, this is reasoning and how we reason through a problem and use our, our mind. And that's where the spirit comes anyways. It comes into our mind and into our heart. People will talk about the heart or the, the gut or the mind. These are interesting concepts, but, uh, some say that that isn't even um, metaphorical, that in your heart is literal. I don't really have a view on that. I, I think anyways, that all of it is a mental process. Anyway, the point is, the reasoning part is extremely important as well. Um, and both of them need to be used. And as we grow in faith, as, we, as our confidence grows and our ability to understand the spirit, 
then we can learn the truth of all things on a spiritual level. I want to uh, give you an example of this. Uh, there was a man, there's a man in our church who has written some wonderful books, compiled some wonderful things. I won't use his name right now, but I have it on tape and I know what he said because I was there and I have it, I can, I can back this up. And that's another side point too, is that it's really important to me that I can document the things that I'm telling you. Uh, I'm going to be giving references so you can look them up. I'm going to try and back up everything that I'm saying with a reference. Unless the Spirit has borne witness to me about something. And in that case, I'll just tell you this is what the Spirit has told me. And then you can evaluate that in your heart and your mind and hopefully prayerfully about whether the impressions I'm getting are correct. But other than that, I'm going to try and give you references everything. So this, this one I can back up again. Uh, but this particular man, I was went to a, uh, it was like a, we'll call it a fireside. It was basically in someone's home here in town. And we were meeting, it was maybe nine or 10 of us. And he was addressing a question raised by someone at that meeting, whose name I also remember. And he basically said the following comment. He said, I wanted to clear up something that I said last time that I think I was misunderstood. You thought that I said that I was, and he's an historian, I guess I should preface this. He's a, he's a very deep dive historian with respect to our church history, back to the 1800s and to the present time. But one of his specialties is the teachings of Joseph Smith. Very, very, um, you know, 40 plus years studying the words and the teachings of Joseph Smith and writing books and compiling this information. So he said at this fireside, he said, you thought that I said that when I was studying something, it finally dawned on me this concept. He didn't tell us what the concept was. He said, but what I want to tell you is that that is not what happened. What happened is, and this is very important, he said, and that's me talking now, that's very important. He said, I had an impression about something. And then I went and I was looking for that because I was told by the, basically he was told by the Holy Spirit about something he would find or that was true. And then he found it, which confirmed his faith. So I want to bear witness to that process is many times when I have had an impression, it comes before the actual finding a reference to it. The Holy Spirit whispering something to me and then finding it later. It's kind of like a, a, an Easter egg hunt where you're, you know what you're looking for. You may not know where it is, but you're, you, know, you know what you're looking for. You're looking for an egg. And so you go through this process of finding the egg because you know it's there because somebody put it there. So I can bear witness to that is how it has been for me as well. I can pound my head into, this, into the ground trying to find something or learn something if it's just on my own. But when the Spirit is telling me, hey, be on the lookout for this. This is something I want you to find. This is something 
you're going to find whatever, then it's a very exciting process. And that's typically what I have found, how, how to arrive at new truths or new insights is, a, is a, an impression coming first. Which means I guess I'm supposed to find it. That's how I would suggest to you. And so don't turn off that process. Um, I can talk for a long time about the spirit, how it works, or how it has worked for me in my life. But I don't want to make this first episode in, uh, too long. But I will be uh, hoping you understand. I will be pointing out when, from time to time, when an idea came, and then later I found the information. And not only is it in the information field, but the Holy Spirit can give you impressions to do something and act act on something. And you may not understand the reason for it initially, but if you follow in faith, then you'll see things realized. I'm going to give one example of this in closing. And then I'm going to tell you why I named this particular series of, uh, let's call them podcasts, uh, Vision of, of Zion. So there was a time years ago when I had a prompting to sell our house. And it was a very clear prompting. I had a, I had a picture in my mind of where I should be at a certain point in time. And to be at that place, I had to be in a, living in a different location. And I remember calling my wife up and said, we don't have to live here anymore. We can move. And we'd been trying to move for a number of years, thought about it, prayed about it, never really had a clear impression. Okay, so we started looking around. We prayed and figured out where we should go to live. And we had to sell this house and we'd put a large deposit down on a house we found that we prayerfully believed was a house or the next house that we were supposed to buy. So put the money down on the house. We had 60 days, as I recall, to sell our house. Little did I know, you know, how difficult that would be. It was a good market, but we wanted to get a certain price or range for it. So, but we had a spiritual impression that we should do this. Or I guess I had it first and my wife got it clearly a short time after that. And I'll have her on some of these podcasts, by the way, because she's has a wonderful story and a wonderful spirit and, and loves the Holy Ghost and loves to pray and follow the Lord's will. And this is one of those uh, early examples we had. So I remember the house hadn't sold. We were going to lose our very large deposit on a home if we couldn't get our house closed. We were in a park. It was late at night, about 9, 9.30. The lights were on in the park. Nobody was around. We're walking on the sidewalk. And she was expressing a lot of worry. And I finally told her, and this is because I was feeling the spirit, I said, it's not our problem. How the house is going to sell. That's God's problem. We've done everything we needed to do to prepare the house for sale and we exercised faith because we had a prompting and I just said it's God's problem and lo and behold a week before we were going to lose our deposit on this other home a couple came in they were pre-qualified 
They made an offer on the house and with 24 hours before we had to make the payment on the, or had to close on our new home, the money hit our bank account and it was closed. And what I like to tell my wife is often is, you know, God is the God of logistics. Our job is to put into play the things that he is asking us to do. And if we will do that, then God will take care of the logistics. A, a phrase I heard when I was a, a, a college student was that God's ex, man's extremity is God's opportunity. And I loved that saying, and this is an example of that. So when we are doing the Lord's will, he will make a way. The best example of this, in my opinion, is the story of Moses and the children of Israel leaving Egypt. They're pushed to the brink. They're facing the Red Sea. The Egyptians are coming. And the God of logistics tells Moses, take your staff, raise it, raise it up and the water was parted. That is the God that we worship. When we do what we are told to do, he will part water, he will move mountains, or maybe as simple as looking on the brass serpent to be healed. But we have to do our part for God to be able to do his part. All right, so in closing, why is this called Vision of Zion? because Zion is the embodiment of what we're supposed to create on earth. And I'm going to submit to you that it, we're supposed to create it before the Savior comes. Zion must be on the earth in order for the Savior to come. Why? Well, there's a lot of good reasons for it. I'll give you the simplest answer. Again, this is all based in scripture. Because God, we're supposed to prepare the kingdom of God on the earth for the Savior to come and to reign. And the only way we're going to be able to withstand his glory is to have a little bit of heaven on earth. And that's our job. And because it is our job, we can do it. As Christians who believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ, we have to find a way to create a little bit of heaven on earth. I remember my kitchen, our kitchen growing up, my mother, I think my brother drew it, but it was based on a, a lesson we had one night as a family. We used to have these things called family home evenings once a week. But it, the poster said, it is possible to make home a little bit of heaven on earth. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to create heaven on earth as much as we can. And the ability to do it is prophesied about in scripture. And so I want to hopefully use this podcast to give you a vision of the future. Yes, there will be rough times. Yes, there will be terrible things happening. Uh, and we won't all escape them. But the purposes of God will be fulfilled. We will have Zion on the earth. Zion is the pure in heart. It's a state of heart. And it's also a physical gathering as well that is described in scripture. So I want to just close with that. That is why I'm doing this. I hope you'll stay tuned to the next installment. I guess I'm supposed to say 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe, thumbs up. I've never done this before, but I hear that on every podcast that I listen to or watch on YouTube. So anyway, I hope you'll uh, stick around for the next installment and see if this is something that could benefit you. And I would like to get some feedback from you. I've learned that the group as a whole can get a lot more uh, ground covered and focused on issues that matter than just one person. But I felt like I had to start somewhere. I felt like I was supposed to do this or start uh, something like this many years ago. And I haven't put it off intentionally, but I didn't feel like I had enough to say and I feel now that it is time for me to uh, bear my soul and bear my thinking and bear my thoughts. And I hope that uh, it will be received in the spirit that it is intended. Thanks for watching. Or should I say, thanks for listening. Bye now.